Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and along with the Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, we welcome you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Today, Pastor Greg Scalzo will be starting the next sermon in his Through the Bible series on Heavenly Authority. You can find information about our church at shiarjeshub.org, and you can view our weekly Sunday message on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel. Here's Pastor Greg. We're returning today to the Heavenly Authority series. As you know, we're in the section on the different offices from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. We've been discussing the office of administrations. And we've looked at the office of, and I say singularly because we've seen how a pastor, an elder, an overseer, which is also translated bishop, really is speaking about the same office, right? There are some that are called out to teach. We've talked about that. But the actual words are used interchangeably, pastor or shepherd, presbyter or elder, bishop or overseer. And we went into 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 1 to 7, and we saw criteria for the elder, for the bishop. Then last time we were in Titus chapter 1, verses 5 to 9, and we saw again more criteria. Some were the same. There were additional information given uh, in Titus chapter 1, verses 5 to 9. And when you put the two together, 1 Timothy chapter 3, Titus chapter 1, you get a powerful list, and we finished it up the last time, of the qualifications of the standards for those who are the helmsmen, the directors of the local church. Now, Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 3 does not stop with the overseer bishop. There's another office he mentions, and uh, you see that office also if you look at Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1. In his opening of his letter, he says, Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Now, look and notice first, he sends the letter to all the saints. All the saints. Hagias. Hagias. All the believers in the church. And that word is a special word. It means sacred, holy, a saint. Uh, it comes from a word that means religious awe, consecrated, separated, dedicated, set apart. So right from the introduction to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. And that might run different from what you've learned as a child of what a saint is. But all the believers in the church were considered saints, holy, sacred, consecrated, set apart. And that puts authority really in the proper perspective, right? Because all the believers, everyone in the church, God sees as a saint, someone set apart, someone consecrated, dedicated to be made holy, sacred and holy. 
So he says to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, with your leaders, with the overseer, the overseer, the episcopos, the bishop, and the deacons. And the word deacons, I put it up on the board. Uh, the first writing is in the Greek. Those are the Greek letters. But the middle uh, is the English equivalent and then the pronunciation underneath it. Diakonos, diakonos is the word there that he says with the bishops and deacons. Deacons is diakonos in the Greek. Uh, it means a servant, a minister. Many times it's translated minister. And it probably comes from a Greek root that means to run errands. And so the word in the original Greek, in the context of the Greek society in Jesus' time, meant attendant, an attendant. Um, the verb in the Greek was to hasten after, to pursue. So originally a runner, uh, someone that runs around, a gopher. An attendant, a gopher. A table waiter. Many times it was used for someone that waited on tables. Uh, someone who ran around uh, waiting on tables, someone that ran around waiting on people doing other menial duties. And in the original Greek of the Lord's day, it had a very menial connotation, denoting a servant doing servile work, domestic servants. Okay. The akonos. You see it used that way in the beginning of the Gospel of John. In John chapter 2, you have the wedding at Cana, and in verse 3, they run out of wine, and uh, Mary says to Jesus, they have no wine. And Jesus says to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? And his mother um, knowingly says to the servants, uh, in verse 5, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. That word there where it says his mother said to the servants, the ones attending the tables at the wedding, the waiters is diakonos, diakonos. And then down in verse 9, when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the word there for servant that's translated servant is diakonos, the same word in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, which is translated deacon, deacons. Okay, so a servant, that's the original meaning of it. A servant, someone waiting on tables, waiting on guests, an attendant, someone running around doing the work, and many times the menial work. Its meaning receives great dignity and value in the New Testament teaching uh, because of the idea of supplying beneficial service, that being in service is a good thing, that helping people doing that which helps them or serves them is a good thing. In ancient societies, obviously, the king, the master, the ruler of the house was looked upon as being lifted up, and the servant was looked down upon. The New Testament flips that around, right, because of the New Testament teaching, with Jesus himself being the chief example of the one who serves. So now the word in the context of the gospel takes on a beneficial or a positive connotation. Uh, for example, Romans chapter 15 and verse 8, 
speaking of the service that Jesus would give to the Jews. Uh, Paul says, Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant, diakonos, a servant, same word, to the circumcision, meaning the Jews, for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made to the fathers. Diakonos. Same word, a servant. Jesus Christ, a servant. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 27, Jesus calls himself one who serves. He says, For who is greater, he who sits at the table, and again you see the connotation of waiting on the table, or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table, yet, yet I am among you, as the one who serves. And the word there is diakoneo, diakoneo, which obviously is related uh, to the first word, diakonos, which means to be an attendant, to serve, the verb to serve, to wait, and then translate it to minister. So Jesus is the one who serves. He's the one that acts as a deacon, as a servant, to mankind. Angels are referred to as ministering spirits sent forth to minister diakonia, another form of the word that's up there also, all forms of the same word, an attendant as a servant. Hebrews 1.13 says, But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who inherit salvation. Minister diakonia. And many times you'll see the word diakonos or the derivatives diakonia or diakoneo translated minister ministering. In the church, and there are many, many examples, I'm only going to give you a couple, uh, this word and the forms of this word that we get deacon from are used to speak of, first of all, discipleship in general. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 26. Jesus says, If anyone serves me, diakoneo, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant. Diakonos, my deacon, will be also. If anyone serves diakoneo, me, him my father will honor. So the word is used for general service, to wait on to be a servant of Jesus Christ, and certainly all believers, all saints, that word applies to every one of us to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's a first level of meaning that you'll find it used many, many times in the New Testament. The second level of meaning is for the full scope of ministrations and activities that believers have in the church and in the world to serve each other, to serve the church, to serve to the unbeliever. Uh, and all saints have services or ministries. And really, that's what we're studying here, right? In this section of Heavenly Authority, what are the different ministries? What are the different offices? Uh, each has some type of service. Remember our key scripture, Mark chapter 9, verse 35? 
And he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, remember, he shall be last of all, and what? Servant of all. We've studied that many times in the Heavenly Authority series. Anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all, and servant, diakonos of all. Same word, servant of all. Another key scripture we've studied, we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but we also looked at Ephesians chapter 4, where Paul gives a list of the offices. And he says in verse 11, uh, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Well, that word there, ministry, diakonia. And the NIV will say works of, rather than works of ministry, works of service. While our radio programs are from past sermons, Current sermons are live-streamed on YouTube every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Join us for in-depth Bible messages by Pastor Greg and Associate Pastor Francis David, for a celebration of the Lord's Supper, and for conversation by Pastor Greg and myself. You can search YouTube for the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle channel, or you can use the link on our church website at shiarjashub.org. The programs are then posted on YouTube and rumble.com for 24-7 access. Join us next time for Shiar Jashub.